It's Milos Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. We're fresh off of a long weekend of drafting and trades. Actually, more of trades. More trades. Than, I think I was going to say drafting. a weekend of trades. Mike Dusso <laughs> from Pat's Propaganda joins us now to discuss all of the action uh, from over the weekend. He's had a chance to... you. How much tape did you watch on some of these guys? Now, the guys that the Patriots drafted, I know... A lot of uh, Patriots uh, Patriots draft uh, Twitter was out in you know fifty to a hundred guys on the big board. But did you have tape? Had you seen tape of everybody that they drafted, or did they go off the board on anybody that that you had looked at? Yeah, I didn't do that well this year, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it was really unfortunately it came down to Braxton Berrios. He saved my top fifty big board. So um, you know, really, my favorite time of the draft is right after when the draft is over, and then we can. Uh, you know, instead of wasting your time spinning your wheels on all these hundreds of guys that they might take, you know, you have a collection of eight, nine guys that they did take, and you can jump in on that, and, and you know, then it's actually useful to, to do film study. So that's the point I, I enjoy most about the draft. What in the world, like, I, I guess, you know, everybody's all mad this morning about this and the other. Like, what do we all actually know about this draft class? Like, do we no nobody knows how many pro bowlers are going to come out of here or all pros or busts like we have no idea what gives us the right to just start randomly grading people on on a monday like i i, I don't get it <laughs> yeah well there's you know there's nothing else to do at this point in the season and uh you know i i was um i was just impressed because i felt like everybody was kind of setting themselves up for this to be like the different draft you know are they going to trade up and get that quarterback you know there's been dissension between belichick and what's he going to do you know and and really, when it all came down to it, it was just kind of what he always does. You know, it's anticlimactic. They trade down a lot. You get frustrated. They maybe don't fill all the critical needs that, you know, we all saw. I mean, I, I definitely thought coming out, oh, man, what I, the one guy I really just want is a, is a high-round linebacker, and I did not get that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, then when you look at the depth chart, are there still some areas where they might, you know, be a little thin? Sure. But otherwise, they took a lot of really good football players, and that's, you know, what they always do. And regardless of, you know, some of the measurables don't quite stack up. And, you know, with Isaiah <laughs> Wynn being, you know, kind of the, the prime example where he's, you know, this six foot two, and can he play tackle? Is he going to have to go into guard? We've already got guards. Uh, you know, aside from that, you know, those kind of like little minor measurable things that don't quite add up across the board. These are tough football players who you know are going to come and compete, former captains, that kind of, those kind of guys. So, I mean, they added a lot of really good guys. But, of course, we have to nitpick it. Talking with Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Um, odds Danny Etlinger is, uh, is the next Tom Brady uh, taken in the, in the late <laughs> rounds. What, what would you put the odds on that as? Uh, a billion to one? Or? Wrong, you know, <laughs> but, I mean, it, look, it, lucky for him. I mean, you know, had they traded up and taken a quarterback in the first round or, you know, some of those things that were being discussed, I mean, that poor person would have all the pressure of the world on them to – you know, replace Tom Brady to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, and so they take him, a low-round guy, uh, certainly has kind of the characteristics that you you look for with the Patriots where he, you know, has accuracy and, you know, more of a pocket passer kind of presence. So um, I think it also just kind of fed into there aren't really a whole lot of changes that we're witnessing. You look at the offseason, it's still going to be kind of the same defensive philosophy with the big body guys in the middle with you know with Danny Shelton we didn't really see a departure uh you know where they're getting these more traditional three technique upfield guys they stayed away from those as they usually do they didn't unfortunately go grab a, an uber athletic uh, uh linebacker like you know we kind of all wanted them to they, they instead uh you know stuck with some middle round guys who were 
you know, maybe not the most athletic, but certainly are tough and downhill and, you know, have played a lot of football. So, um, you know, it's just, it just kind of feeds into, I don't think Belichick is going anywhere anytime soon, and he kind of has this philosophy, and he continues to stick with it. Well, I think there's so much situational football anyway that sometimes when they, they take out those inside guys and play with with uh, strong safeties and whatever and mm-hmm. when teams spread the field out. So I think situational-wise, uh, I think I'm sure the Pats still look at that and say, well, we can we can sub when we need somebody in it to cover and, and so on. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, for me, you know, watching and, and you know, you don't want to overreact to the Super Bowl because the Eagles were, were certainly, uh, you know, a unique attack. But, you know, you look at the bookends of the season, the Eagles game and the Chiefs game where you had teams that could really exploit the Patriots uh, in the middle of their defense where they kind of, you know, you get stuck trying to play a strong safety they're a little bit too small. Your linebackers are a little bit too slow. You just don't have that sideline to sideline coverage to deal with, you know, run pass options and all those kind of things that, you know, teams are now starting to throw at them. Um, you know, so that was just from that perspective, was like, you know, maybe they'll evolve a little bit in that uh, regard and try to, you know, make their base defense a little bit more athletic than it is with, say, a Landon Roberts. And, of course, you know, they go out and they basically draft another Landon Roberts. So, uh, so apparently they, you know, feel comfortable playing with that and obviously you have additions that came into free agency you're getting Dante Hightower back so I mean the top line if nobody gets hurt it's you know it's pretty good it's up there near the top but I think you know it's after the injuries start to strike that kind of you know determines the fate of your season unfortunately you also have a Derek Rivers coming back to mm-hmm. I mean guys like that I mean we all forgot about Derek Rivers but right. I mean right. Dietrich Wise I mean the that was quite a draft class that they had last year that ended up basically not taking the field. I mean, Harvey Lange played a little bit as an undrafted free agent and then got injured in a car accident. I mean, last year's Patriots defense was kind of like this year's Celtics. Like, they just kept losing a new guy every week. Like, I don't think we should have been stunned at what happened in the Super Bowl because eventually you just start running out of players, and Philadelphia was able to take full advantage of that. Sure, and, you you know, you bring James Harrison in, who's, you know, pushing 40, and he's, you know, basically playing the whole Super Bowl after, you know, joining the team in, like, December. Uh, you know, and, and, yeah, there's no question. Last year's team was just decimated, and, I mean, it started with Edelman and Hightower and went right down through all the rookies, like you mentioned. And, you know, those guys, while they've been rehabbing, um, you know, they've been in the building. They know what to expect now, and, you know, it's always hard to expect a lot out of rookies just because it's such a, a whirlwind of, you know, training for the, the draft and the combine and, you know, and then getting into a team and having getting thrown into the to the playbook. And, you know, it just it all happens so fast. They don't really have a chance to catch their breath. So you'd hope uh, that those guys, if, if they are, in fact, you know, completely rehabilitated in their in their various injuries that, you know, guy, I mean, obviously a guy like Derek Rivers is, you know, a lot of what this team needs. And, you know, just to get back to that point that they had in 2016 where they had a bunch of different defensive end kind of pass rusher guys that they could kind of rotate through. They just, they totally lacked that last year. And I think, you know, it really caught up with them toward the end of games. They just weren't able to, you know, generate the pass rush pressure. And obviously the, the Super Bowl was a prime example. Talking with Mike Dussel from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Mike, they didn't uh, pick up as many undrafted free agents as they have in the past. Any particular reason for that? Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. It's, as I was calling in, I was just trying to count up everybody. I didn't quite get through. I got through the offense, but I didn't quite get through all the way through just to see how many players, uh, you know, that they had. But, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of guys returning, and, you know, they had not a whole lot of needs, um, but there certainly are a bunch of, you know, interesting players, and they always bring in guys to compete. Frank Heron, one guy that 
uh, you know, sticks out at defensive tackle. Uh, he played a little bit more defensive end in college, but I, you know, he at LSU, you know, he he seems to me more of a fit as a defensive tackle guy. But you know, it's certainly uh, players to keep an eye on. A couple tight ends, Ryan Izzo, Shane Wyman were two. Um, you know, guys that that somebody always makes the team out of that out of those out of the, that group. So um, I plan on this week, you know, now that everything's kind of seems to be finalized, uh, you know, jumping in on some of those guys and. Uh, you know, trying to make a prediction of, of which guy is going to make the roster because somebody always seems to from from the undrafted. And that that's kind of my thing. I'm looking at this roster right now, and you know, I'm, there's a lot of battles. I mean, there's you're going to have battles at running back. There's going to be battles at a, at a lot of different places. Are, were you surprised at all? Like, okay, you probably weren't surprised, but when you look at the teams around the league, you have Houston, who has former Patriot uh, offensive coordinator as a head coach. You have the Giants, which obviously have uh, will always have some of that Belichick Parcells tradition kind of in there. You have the Titans, who have John Robinson, who has some big Patriots ties, along with Mike Vrabel, who has some Patriots ties. And if you notice that a lot of the guys that were uh, supposed to go to the Patriots or were, were pegged for the Patriots or were on the Patriots big board, it seems like almost every one of those guys went to a Tennessee or in Lamar Jackson's case, you know, they trade uh, Baltimore trades up to get him at the end of the first round. Does some of this stuff when the Patriots are, 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 are tied to guys, does that stuff always like get out? And then it seems to me like the, the teams around them all draft those players. Think of the Patriots want them. Do the Patriots actually want those guys or are they just looking at a totally different group and then they're putting out information about other things? Because I remember the, 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 the center that the, that the lions drafted, it looked, it, it sounds like the Patriots going to trade, uh, try to trade up and draft him. You imagine if the Patriots had traded up to draft a center, everyone would have lost their mind. I know, I know. Well, it's a great point, and I was, you know, I was really kind of thinking about that that same kind of question because you know, it's it's almost like the the teams like the Texans and, and and the Titans, especially this year, and you know, now with the Lions, it's it's almost like they're the fans of the Patriots drafted, you know, and it's almost like you know, Belichick is often imitated, but you know, few of those coaches have the kind of uh, I guess mojo or you know experience to you know and confidence to to be able to you know, trade down and really take kind of those risky guys that, you know, you, you, I don't think you're ever going to see the Texans or the Titans, you know, taking that random safety that was projected as a seventh rounder in the third round. You know, they, they don't make those kind of picks. But, you know, you sure see them making the picks that, you know, you look at probably my big board. If you divided up the where the guys on my big board went, it's probably, like you said, it's most of those teams that, you know, are valuing these guys who are team captains uh, that, you know, played a bunch of football uh, you know, leaders on and off the field, football smarts, you know, all those kind of things that, that check the boxes. But it, it's quite funny to watch. You know, it's just off-imitated, but, you know, you never quite can pin down a Belichick draft. But then at the end of it, you look at it and you say, wow, these guys might not have had the hype or, you know, some of them weren't even invited to the combine, but, man, they sure know how to find those, you know, football nerds, as I call them. I think I saw somewhere when they were talking about when Belichick was in Cleveland, all those guys – that were there with him, and now are all over the league, and it's a pretty impressive list of names. And they they said at that time that he had developed a rating system for how to grade people, both both uh, college kids, free agents, and his own players. Sure. And now people are starting to adopt it over time through the whole league because it works. And I wonder if it's some of that too. The guys that yeah. were here know what that looks like, and they, they move somewhere else. 
Yeah, I remember, you know, Mike Lombardi talked a lot about it. I think if you look at the um, at NFL Films, uh, and, uh, Cleveland 95, kind of documenting that season. And, uh, you know, Mike Lombardi kind of, when he got there, he spoke about it. And, I mean, I remember the, the core of it, which, you know, sounds kind of like, well, of course, why does every team do that, is, was, you know, specifically examining how each player would fit on the team as it is currently constituted. So, you know, you, you think, wow, well, of course, I mean, that's what teams do. But apparently, no, that's, you know, not what teams <laughs> do. They just kind of grade as a, you know, hey, he's a second rounder and he's available in the second round. Let's take him. And, you know, so uh, that, that was, you know, I think the specific drive of that kind of like evolution of how they evaluated players was, you know, just really specifically how do they fit. If he's going to step in, how does he match up? You know, if we're, we're talking about, you know, Isaiah Wynn, how does he step in and match up against uh, Ladrian Waddle at left tackle? How does he compare last year to Tony Garcia that we drafted? You know, how, how does he fit in? And that, I think, is the drive of what they're looking for from their scouts. So, um, but, but as you said, you know, there's just, it's going to be a number of really interesting training camp battles. I mean, left ta- starting with left tackle, running back carries are going to be fascinating. Um, you know, to see how that kind of plays out, certainly in the early down role. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting. I mean, some areas you're like, man, I wish we just had that one more high-round linebacker guy to throw in the mix, and then it really would be perfect. But, uh, you know, you just have to let it see, see how it all plays out. You know what he'll do, though? When he gets into training camp and sees that he needs one of them, he'll go out and, he'll go out and trade for one. Yeah, and I think that's what people forget, too, is that the team-building process, it goes all year with them, you know, just this team is not the team that's going to, you know, be playing in the playoffs, you know, in 2019. Uh, there's going to continue to be more moves. There's going to continue to be additions and, and subtractions, you know, both that they want, injuries that happen that they have to figure out on the fly. And, uh, you know, they just continue to stick to their philosophy. And, you know, at the end of the day, for as much complaining as we all want to do, the proof's in the pudding. It seems to work. So we just kind of have to, you know, hold on and go for the ride. His name is Mike Dusso. You can find him on Twitter, Pat's Propaganda, or you can follow him online at patspropaganda.com. That was such a good point. I mean, you look at a guy like Dion Lewis who was signed to a futures deal in like December a few years ago, and now we're, you know, we're lamenting his loss in free agency. Like, oh, I can't put like... <laughs> How can just, we win without him? <laughs> yeah. and, and, but my issue, uh, I think, becomes the fact that, you know, if you say that you believe in Bill Belichick now, now you're, you're a Patriots homer, and you're like, oh, Belichick, we trust, right? I'm like, well... I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he, for the most part, like, does he win it every year? No, but boy, he seems to put us in some pretty, pretty close. good. He seems to put us in a better position to win every year than every other coach out there in the National Football League, which, which makes me, I, I, I guess, like, I, I guess it just makes for boring radio if you agree with Belichick. But you know, <laughs> there's certain things I don't agree with. But man, doesn't seem like yeah. you know he doesn't. Seems like he wants to be around for a while. You know, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's. I mean, you look at the picks they have lined up next year. It's like, boy. I mean, you know. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, I feel bad. I mean, I, I like the draft draft a little less than I think most people do. But you know, there are those people that they that their whole love of football is the draft. And I can only imagine how anticlimactic it was this year. And now, and now they're immediately they're already on to the 2019 draft, looking at all those picks that they have. But uh, you know, I mean, I think being critical and being a football analyst and all those kind of things. I mean, for me. The exciting thing, and I love is I love the games. I love watching the games, and you know, obviously, there are going to be mistakes made that you can be critical of. Uh, the team building process is just—I mean, we've seen it for so many years. It's, it's throwing things at the wall. I mean, every how many, you know, first overall picks fail, you know, and these are the guys that are supposed to be the absolute sure thing. 
So, you know, it's, I, I think no one can quite put their finger on it and no one can quite crack the code of the Belichick and how he actually does what he does. And so it's so easy to, to be outraged and act, you know, critical of what he's done. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, it's, he's won more games than anybody. And, you know, every year they're, they're right back in the hunt, even if it's, you know, they're, play, they're starting guys that will just, you know, in training camp, cast off from another team. You get a Rob Ninkovich, who's a backup long snapper, and all of a sudden he becomes this Patriot legend. So I think that's it. every year he proves it over and over again to us. And, you know, it's just been fascinating to see kind of the different players that come in and blossom and then unfortunately leave, and everybody gets mad, and a new player comes in, you get excited again. So the roller coaster continues. I would much rather have this roller coaster than what we had when I was growing up as a Patriots fan. So, yeah, savor it, enjoy it, because I have no idea how much longer this is going to last, folks. Mike Dusso, Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Mike, I'd say we'd talk to you in the fall, but God knows there'll be Patriots stuff that happens between now and then. So we will talk to you again real soon. And thank you very much. Oh, thanks, guys. Always enjoy it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. You can follow him on Twitter as well, Pat's Propaganda. It's a B-list daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. Find us online or on demand at nbrradio.com.